Second down field, scans downfield, fires to the end zone, it's intercepted, picked off by Nolan Turner, and the Tigers are not going to be dethroned tonight. They'll punch their ticket to New Orleans. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast, the most exciting 25 minutes in podcasting as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your team, the Clemson Tigers, the countdown is on. National Championship game just a few days away, January 13th, coming up Monday night in New Orleans, so enemy turf for Clemson rolling in there to play LSU. We've gone over the matchups. We'll continue to preview that game, but let's take a deep breath and step back from the microscope for a moment and take a look at Clemson's program from the long view. And why are we doing that? Because our special guest today is Danny Ford, winner of the 1981 National Championship. Did that when he was just 33 years old. An absolute icon in the history of Clemson football. And Will Merritt of the Locked On Clemson podcast reached out to Coach Ford. And anybody that's worked in the media in the Southeast, uh, South Carolina especially, has known for a long time, you can get Coach Ford, but you've got to go to the farm to get him. Coach Ford's not going to meet you at the local Starbucks and split espresso. Coach Ford is going to work while you do a phone interview with him. And he is gracious enough to spend some time with the Locked On Clemson podcast due to his long relationship with Will Merritt, who grew up a Clemson fan, grew up in the shadow of those Danny Ford teams that rolled through the ACC in the 80s before Florida State took the crown, took their time atop the ACC, and Clemson has taken it back. And we've actually got some comments from Coach Ford on that very topic coming up about Clemson's spot in the college football world and where they are in the ACC. We'll get a little bit about what's going on, but also look back at Danny Ford's time at Clemson, why he got out of coaching, why he didn't return, and what it felt like to win a national championship. And let's get there. Let's start there because Danny Ford won a national championship at the age of 33. And he told Will Merritt what that felt like and when it was that he thought his team was good enough to compete with the best in the country in 1981. You know, the, the first of anything is always a, a, a great, deal and and uh, but back when we were coaching and when it happened we were just like anybody else you don't enjoy it enough that that you, you should enjoy it because we, we were worried about the next year and getting ready for the next year you know uh you, you win room one you, you got to try to win another one and all that thing. yeah but you were coming off a, a a bad year yeah we did we came off a real bad year that's that's why i told somebody I guess yesterday that uh, we uh, we wasn't talking about national champions. We were talking about having uh, getting a program started at Clemson and uh, trying to establish something because we 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 had gone down from when Coach Pale had been here for two years and we had a decent year. Then we went six and six, and certainly that wasn't what the people wanted, you know. And so you know, 
it was nice to come back in there and be in that situation, but we didn't sit there and say every day, we, you know, we're going to win a nice time. Well, I, I really didn't think we had a, had a chance to, to play for it until after we beat North Carolina. And so Danny Ford felt like his team could compete with the country's best. Once they knocked off North Carolina, there was something special about Homer Jordan and these Clemson Tigers. Something we'll dig into maybe a little bit later on are the similarities between Danny Ford and Dabo Sweeney, both of whom took over essentially as interim coaches at Clemson. Coach Ford taking over for Charlie Pell with just a game left in 1978. He was a bit on the hot seat prior to winning the national championship, um, but he won a bowl game, beat, uh, beat Ohio State. 17-15, that sound familiar? Close win over Ohio State back at the end of the 1978 season. Danny Ford just 30 years old when he took over for Charlie Pell, and Dabo Sweeney looked 30. He was 38 when he took over for Tommy Bowden in the 2008 season. And of course, Coach Ford, Coach Sweeney both played at Alabama, grew up in that state. So, so many similarities between they, those two. They both have that all shucks way about them that connects with players, outstanding recruiters. And Danny Ford, not just winning a national title, but the consistency at the top of the ACC throughout the 80s, all the way up until he left the program in 1989. And Coach Sweeney has absolutely recreated that magic and taken it a step further here in the last decade for Clemson football. Now, what about that national championship for Coach Ford? It's hard probably for a young football observer to understand it now, but Nebraska was held in such high esteem in 1981. And on January 1st, 1982, right up until the kickoff of the Orange Bowl when Clemson knocked off Tom Osborne and the Huskers winning Clemson's first national title. And Coach Ford would have grown up, remember, being just 33 years old at the time, with the specter of Nebraska football, Nebraska and Texas, and of course Alabama hanging over him. And he would have felt like such an underdog. If you go back and think about where Nebraska football was when Danny Ford would have been a teenager, they were playing in the Orange Bowl in 1964. The Cotton Bowl, when it was one of the biggest things going in 65. The Orange Bowl in 66. The Sugar Bowl in 67. The Orange Bowl again in 71, 72, 73. Back to the Cotton Bowl in 74. The Sugar Bowl. SEC country in 1974. The Fiesta in 1975. On and on, all the way up to the Orange Bowl in 1982. The first day of that year to crown the champion from 1981. So what a monumental task Coach Ford thought it would be to knock off the Nebraska Cornhuskers. No matter what they were saying in Vegas, Coach Ford felt like a huge underdog on the sideline that night. You know, well, you played against people that you'd heard about all your life, and that's what we did about Nebraska. We we, we were – we were watching when I was a child. We'd watch Oklahoma and Nebraska play around Thanksgiving every year, and it was just you know that was the big time programs and big shots and all that. And I think once we had that game won, and 
And then I heard Coach Osborne give our players a really good compliment in saying that that, uh, that was one of the better teams he's ever played up until then. You know, I don't know what he played after that. but So that, that made us feel good in the fact that, you know, we had – we probably had a better player on our football team than than I possibly thought we did, you know. And uh, you worry about how good your other guys are, but we had some really good players, got established, and uh, just probably didn't know they were that good until we finished up with Nebraska that night. All those programs are in such different places now. Clemson, of course, a college football superpower, and Nebraska still trying to find its footing in the Big Ten and trying to challenge Ohio State in that conference. When we come back to the Locked On Clemson podcast, we'll take a minute to take a look at where the money is flowing with LSU and Clemson. We know most of the early action in Las Vegas was on the side of LSU, and that line went from four, four and a half to five and a half. Has it come back in Clemson's favor at all? We'll check that out by glancing at what's happening with the public betting app from Action Network. Also, we'll hear quickly from a couple of ESPN analysts going head-to-head on LSU and Clemson and how they think the game will play out. And then we'll return to Will Merritt's conversation with Danny Ford, including Coach Ford's opinion on what Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers are putting together in this era. This is your team every day, the Locked On Clemson Podcast. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's our 29th win in a row. We scored 29 points. They didn't do anything tonight that I didn't already know. Unbelievable character and heart and a will to win. And that's the one thing I told them is they can prepare for what we do but not who we are. Our heart would win out in the end. 94-yard drive to win it. We got to stop right there. Let me just tell you, Ohio State was amazing. What an amazing team, an amazing challenge. But this football team tonight showed what the heart of a champion looks like. To win 29 in a row, you got to have something to you. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You find our podcast Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also at LockedOnPodcast.com. You may want to check out all the great podcasts. I know those of you listening, you also like hoops. You also like the NFL. You also like the NBA. Maybe you are a rogue NHL fan. It's all happening as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you might want to try out your rivals podcast as well. Just check out a different angle. So pop them in, subscribe, download, have them there at your fingertips all the time. It's your team every day. And at LockedOnPodcast.com, it's all the teams every day. Let's take a moment away from Will Merritt's conversation with Danny Ford 
And just here from a couple of quick uh, ESPN analysts, Emmanuel Acho and Ryan Leaf were talking about Clemson and LSU and really made some good points back and forth about how the layoff may affect Clemson and LSU. And we won't put all of that in here. It's from College Football Live on ESPN. Again, Emmanuel Acho and Ryan Leaf. And it is part of the discussion, and we've been having it as well, the layoff here. You know, Will Merritt said Clemson was playing really good football and then had that long layoff, you know, up until the ACC championship. Long layoff, slow start against Ohio State. Could have been a lot of different factors there. Uh, One of the things I thought I might have seen is that Isaiah Simmons, who is such a roving one-man gang for Clemson's defense. I thought he might have been out of position in the first half against Ohio State just because of something they were showing him, and then he and Brent Venables got that dialed in in the second half, and he again became the factor that he is game in and game out as the best defensive player in college football. Well, now there's this long layoff also for LSU's offense. Let's not forget about that because it's like all offenses. It's a rhythm offense. 15 days in between the semifinal game and the college football championship against Clemson. What if Joe Burrow comes out and isn't himself right away? Well, that could be devastating to LSU and what they want to do because this is not a team this year, unlike the LSU teams of the past. It's funny to have this characterization of an LSU Tiger team, but they don't rely on the running game in their defense. Two things you can always count on, even when emotions are running high. But in this circumstance, Joe Burrow has to come out and like a foul shooter with all the noise, all the happening, the carnival that's going to be going on outside and inside the Superdome, he's got to hone in emotionally after this long layoff and be on right away. Trevor Lawrence does as well, but don't you trust Trevor Lawrence based on his experience now in big games? Such a young player, but so much experience under his belt. This is, this is strange to say, this actually isn't, this is only tied for the biggest game of Trevor Lawrence's career so far. He's already played and won and performed in a national championship game. For Joe Burrow, he may be a bit out of his comfort zone. Now, does that mean that I I think that Joe Burrow's not going to have a great game or be shut down? No, no. With that receiving core, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, LSU is going to be in this thing until the end. But will Joe Burrow come out guns blazing? Will he go eight of his first nine? I don't know if I would count on that. And that's part of the discussion here between LSU and Clemson. So let's hear quickly. You're going to hear Emmanuel Acho first make his pick, and then Ryan Leaf make his pick. And one of these analysts likes one of these Tigers by double digits. LSU, they're on fire right now. Clemson's a very, very, very good team, but I can't bet against LSU at this stage. I think LSU is going to find a way to get it done. Yeah, I've been riding the Clemson Tiger train the whole year. That, okay. They've been number one since my first poll in August. They're still number one. I spent three days in Clemson, and I, I drank the Kool-Aid, apparently, because <laughs> it's the truest form. They are the best football team in the country. It's a season of destiny for LSU, but we've seen those not have the ultimate destiny. Destiny ends? Destiny ends on the 13th. <laughs> Clemson wins this game, and I think may, may do it by double digits. Well, I- well, there you go. Ryan Leaf is drinking the Kool-Aid, and he's got his all-in chip. He likes Clemson. 
thinks they are the most complete team. And we've heard that from several analysts. So don't buy into no one is picking Clemson because there are plenty of football experts out there, former football players that like the balance of Clemson, like the fact that they've been in some tough games like North Carolina and Ohio State now and have proven their mettle, not just this season, but last. An experienced team, an experienced coaching staff, and you saw the experience play out in that coaching staff with the second-half adjustments in the Fiesta Bowl. Now, one factor we haven't talked very much about, and we will dig into as the week goes on, because we still have Taj Boyd, we've got C.J. Spiller, we've got Woody Dantzler coming up. We really need to reach out to a special teams expert because how do these two teams match up in terms of special teams and lost perhaps in the cobwebs of Clemson's success now as you look in the rearview mirror is the Tigers have missed nine kicks this season, just 13 of 22 on field goals. B.T. Potter's a good kicker. That's not up for debate, but even good kickers can go through slumps and our field goal is going to win this game. I'm not so sure they will. So I think that brings us into a discussion about how's Dabo Sweeney preparing his team because you know there are going to be circumstances. Fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and four from the 30, the 35, maybe even the 2025, where you don't think three points is enough and touchdowns are going to win this game. With the inconsistency in the kicking game, How many fourth down attempts and successful fourth down conversions will these two teams combine for? We will ask our panel of football experts as we get closer to kickoff in New Orleans. And of course, Will Merritt's going to be on site there. And speaking of Will, we're going to get right back to his conversation with Danny Ford in our final segment. Coach Ford and his opinion of what he sees from Clemson now under Dabo Sweeney and the wonderful advantage that Clemson has over its competition in the Atlantic Coast Conference. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lawrence took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, that breaks a tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown, Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play! The countdown is on for LSU and Clemson. Clemson going for back-to-back national championships. It's third under Dabo Sweeney, and it's fourth overall. And today on the Locked On Clemson podcast, we have got the author of that first championship, the great Danny Ford, Will Merritt, reached out to his old friend, Coach Ford, found him on the farm, and we cover a few subjects with Coach Ford, and we'll get back to those in a second. I did promise where the betting public is right now on Clemson and LSU, and you know the line opened four, four and a half, depending on which shop you were looking at in Las Vegas and all the legalized betting now across the United States, including online opportunities, and the money started running in LSU's direction. Now, there's a few different ways you can look at that. It may have had something to do with some of Clemson's struggles against Ohio State, maybe looking vulnerable, being outgained by the Buckeyes, and also just how dominant LSU looked. 
Is it the level of competition for LSU maybe having proven themselves throughout the season? But at the beginning of the year, a lot of people would have picked the ACC Tigers to make the national championship game, and not too many would have picked the SEC Tigers of LSU to get there over some of the stiff competition like Georgia and Alabama. But here they are meeting, and by the time January 13th rolls around, LSU a prohibitive favorite. As a matter of fact, according to the Action Network, 75% of the bets that have been placed in Las Vegas have been laid on LSU. And at most, most outlets, the line has ballooned now to LSU minus six. We'll keep an eye on that and see if there is uh, some value on Clemson according to the betters and that comes back down. It has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, and Clemson has won plenty of times as an underdog in the past, including last year's national championship game out in California over Alabama Big, but it's just something to keep an eye on, see what those that follow advanced metrics are finding, and the question I've got for LSU and LSU backers is that defense. LSU's giving up more than 21 points per game, and you know Clemson's going to get more than three touchdowns in this one. So if LSU were to win the national championships, they'll do it with one of the highest points per game allowed in recent memory. I believe the Cam Newton-Auburn Tigers gave up 24 points per game, but that was a special team that picked up third and one and fourth and one at will throughout the season and was able to win all those close games, including closing out Oregon with a three-point win in the national championship game. LSU's built a little differently here in 2020, and they'll have to score in the red zone. So we know how dangerous they are in the open field. We know how dangerous they are with that vertical passing attack uh, engineered by their passing game coordinator, Joe Brady. But those when the field shrinks, Clemson's defense was at its best this season, giving up some yards at time, including more than 500 to Ohio State, but only 23 points, remember. The Buckeyes ran 10 plays in the red zone and yielded them just nine points. All right, so let's get back to Danny Ford. And uh, we'll ask Coach Ford, what happened? Why did you leave coaching? You were still a young man. You'd done it at Clemson, done it at Arkansas. Why did you hang up that cap, go back to the farm, never return to the sideline? I had the farm here, which I love, and uh, and uh I had the, most of my good friends through Clemson were, were here, and uh, you know, it just felt like home, and it is home now. You know, we've been here for a long, long time. You know, we had the best of both worlds. We had a place where you could win at and and uh, do, do a good job and win. And then we had a place that we went to, and it was awful tough to win because of the conference you was in, and you didn't, you didn't have the – the, the uh, same shape as everybody else because you didn't have the facilities and you didn't have the high school players in the state. So uh, I got a good taste of that and I didn't and uh, you know uh, people give you people give you two chances and, and of course they give uh, some of them more than that now but that's two chances is, is plenty of time to, to see if you want to continue to do it or not. Well, there you go. That's Coach Ford in a nutshell. Once they give you two cracks at it, you can tell whether you want to keep doing it or not. So he had his tenures at Clemson and at Arkansas, truly successful in both. And of course, the national championship with the Tigers. And now 
the administration has hung his ball cap up in the ring of honor. And so you can see it every home Saturday there in Death Valley. Our thanks again to Will Merritt for spending some time with Coach Ford supplying that for us here on the Locked On Clemson podcast. And we've got one more clip here you uh, here for you from Coach Ford, and it's about what's going on at Clemson right now, why they are successful, and his vision of the future for the Tigers. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty special. It's uh it's something that's never happened here and uh, of that consistency of winning. So uh, they've done a great job. And, you know, as long as they recruit well, they, they have, a, have an opportunity to continue doing it. You know, one thing about Clemson is that they play in the, in the conference they play in. They're the best team in it. They got the best facilities in it. And probably the best players and coaches in it. So they got the best of everything uh, to be successful. And it's going to be hard for anybody. I don't know. I don't really see anybody in, in the conference making the commitment that it would take to knock them out of that situation. So they got a pretty good situation as long as they continue to do the work like they're doing that. And Coach Danny Ford knows a little something about sustained success, the importance of recruiting. 96 wins to only 29 losses, 56 and 16 in conference play. Five conference championships, including three in his last four seasons at Clemson. How about these records to close out his tenure with the Tigers? 10 and 2, 10 and 2, and 10 and 2. His last four seasons at Clemson. All bowl wins. Gator, Citrus, Citrus, and Gator, and the national championship at the end of the 1981 season. And he sees a bright future for Clemson as long as this staff keeps putting in the work and they keep getting the kind of players they're getting. And the kind of players they're getting, number one recruiting class uh, on the most recent early signing period. We're not done previewing Clemson and LSU. We still have Taj Boyd, CJ Spiller, Woody Dantzler set to join us. All thanks to Will Merritt. And you join us as well across the platforms. Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you find your favorite podcast, you'll find your team every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hit LockedOnPodcast.com. Just glance over all that we have to offer. I'm Matt Smith signing off for today. We'll be back tomorrow with the most exciting 25 minutes in podcasting because it's all about your Clemson Tigers. It's the Locked On Clemson Podcast.